0: What is up, Creature Life Nation? We are so glad that you are here.
1: Blake, tell us why you use the word nation there.
0: Uh, probably because we're uh, averaging enough listeners to make up an entire country of our own. Three million on the last episode? No, okay, maybe not. Uh, a little bit less than that.
1: But we are so excited that people from all over have been listening. Yes, we track each week where all our listeners are and I could say it's definitely growing.
0: Yes, yeah, SoundCloud data has uh, is showing us that we've got listeners in Graysonville, Maryland. Never heard of that, but we love you, Graysonville fam. Uh, Lincoln, California. Edwards, Colorado.
1: I'd also like to give a shout out to my hometown of Memphis. Woo!
0: And while, while we're shouting out, this one's for you, Kayla moffitt
1: All righty, time to get this show on the
0: road. We are in episode two of our Creation Fall Redemption Consummation series that we're doing, so part two of four, which is the fall.
1: You guys might be thinking, what the heck does the fall have to do with anything we talk about on this podcast? That's Fair
0: enough, fair question.
1: <laughs> that story of Adam and Eve eating the fruit from the tree, the serpent, how does that deal with food and the body? Well, I think how it matters for our topic today is that the fall kind of gives us a picture of why humans have ended up where they are today or what the human condition is. But before diving into the fall more, which will be the meat of our podcast today, I want to re- I want to point out again that where we started the story is so crucial. Which, if you listened to the last podcast, please go listen to it if you haven't yet.
0: This will make a lot less sense if you didn't listen to last, last week's episode.
1: Right. Starting at creation as the beginning of the grand narrative is so important. Because when we start there, we recognize that God is the maker of this good world. That God sees the world as good. And therefore, the world is supposed to be received as good.
0: This means two critical things for us as we think about food in the body. One, God sees us as good. We are good. We are fundamentally good and beloved by God. And as far as our topic is concerned, just as importantly, so is food. Food is a good gift. All of creation is a good gift. Instead of, in light of the fall, how we often frame things, which is more of food is our enemies. Maybe we even ourselves are our enemies, and, and we've got to figure everything out because we're so screwed up.
1: Right, when creation is our beginning, who we are fundamentally is God's creation, intertwined with God, intertwined with each other and all good in God's eyes. But often Christians don't remember that first part of the story. They instead start the story at the fall, and so they can look at the world as fundamentally evil, as beginning with brokenness, beginning with sin, but that's not where the story began.
0: We've got to remember that this pre-fall existence is one of paradise, one of deep, abundant joy that God is delighting and giving to God's people. And this is just such a different narrative than how we often think about the world. But we have to see that God created creation and, and people and food and all these things as gifts to be received and delighted in, not as these sources of, of strife and pain.
1: Yeah, before the fall, Adam and Eve exist in this perfect union with God, with creation. They're there tilling the land, eating the food. It's just good times for everyone. Good
0: times with GTs, GTs. <laughs> GTs,
1: major GTs. And even I think the way that the Bible describes how they look at each other is so powerful. The Bible says that Adam and Eve in the beginning were naked and unashamed. It's amazing that they have no shame in front of each other, fully bearing their bodies to one another. I think in that picture, they're fully seeing each other and embracing and affirming the other. And I think that's just so radical because that's often not the way in which we see others or see ourselves.
0: And we have to think about why they're able to do this. They are just receiving God's blessing over them, God's affirmation over them. Take a moment to think about that right now. Think about the idea of looking at your body, and we're not trying to be, you know, overly graphic. Whatever, but but be-
1: <laughs> that felt unnecessary, Blake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot our listeners aren't twelve. Anyway, onward. Um, but yeah, think about being truly unashamed with your body before God.
1: I think that's so often not how we look at our bodies. Right now I'm picturing that Mean Girls scene where Katie goes to the Plastics house and they're all just looking in front of the mirror saying, I don't like my pores or I can't remember the other things. But they all found different things to critique in their bodies and I think that's just An example of the amount of critique and unacceptance we have of ourselves and of the bodies of others.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I appreciate that. A Mean Girls, a movie that I think came out in like 2004, is our primary source for this. But uh, (laughs) if we look all around us, we see this. Uh, if, If we look inside our own heads, we see this. We're always ashamed. We're always never enough. We're always striving to achieve something that always remains just like that little bit out of reach, if I just lost that much more weight, if I just whatever. Um, But we're never satisfied.
1: And this is where I think we can be like Adam and Eve because in the beginning, they are unashamed of each other. They are fully embracing one another, fully embracing the place that they're in, um, the life that God has given them. But that eventually ends up not being enough for them. In the story, you'll remember that God... Has given them this amazing paradise where there's so much freedom and joy, but there is one limit, and that limit is to not eat from the tree of good and evil.
0: Yeah, I, I think to to borrow an image from Fleming Rutledge, a, a pastor that we've really come to appreciate, this is like you know your grandmother's house, but with, with the greatest yard ever. You're a little kid, you have everything you could ever want in that yard and your grandma just watches over you with joy and delight and you're so excited um and and, you know you've got your siblings and cousins to play with but grandma says there's one rule you can't go into the street
1: yeah this loving grandma knows that if the kid wanders in the street something bad might happen a car might hit the kid it's dangerous out there the grandma therefore sets the limitation for the child's good And I think that's what God is doing here in this story. We often think of God or Christianity as a bunch of rules, but it's actually so much more than that. God wants what is for our good and for our delight and our flourishing. And therefore this limit to stay away from evil is for Adam and Eve's good. But as you may know already, Adam and Eve do end up transgressing this limit that God has set for their good. And they get tempted because the serpent tells them something that is so tempting for them and I think for all of us today. The serpent says, if you eat from this fruit, you can be like God.
0: And the reason that's so dangerous, I mean, that it sounds somewhat arbitrary or or that God is somehow threatened or anything like that, But that's not what's going on. The reason that God is advising them against that is because God knows it's not for their good. God knows that on the other side of them trying to, you know, create their own destiny to be fully in control of their own lives is ruin and pain and destruction.
1: Yeah, I think before they ate from this tree, they had everything that they needed. They had food. They had communion with each other. They had relationship with God. They had all things necessary for life. And all they needed to do was open their hands and receive. But instead, they were tempted to be the dictators of their own lives. They wanted to to determine what was good versus bad. They wanted to to determine what life was all about. But then the result of that is they have to grasp at life. Instead of receiving it, they have to feel like they need to achieve their worth or to gain whatever is necessary to survive and flourish.
0: So, what does that mean for us on a food and body podcast? Maybe you're already making the connections. We do this with ourselves, with our bodies, and, and with foods. And we have taken, we, you know, we, we've dethroned God when it comes to determining the worth of our bodies, and we're dictating what's good and not. This is sort of the created worlds idea we talked about last week. That we have, have come up with these arbitrary systems that say, you know, you, your body has to be thin but not too thin or, you know, strong but not too strong. Instead of receiving this wonderful gift of affirmation and joy that God speaks over us as God looks upon us with delight, instead we've said, I want to be like God. I want to, you know, be able to determine what is valuable, what is good, what is worthy. Now, it sounds nice until we look at the effects of it, and we're all miserable as, as we're <laughs> getting a little too uh, negative here, but, but we're miserable as, as we strive for achieving these standards that we've set for ourselves. This is never what we were created to do. We were given these wonderful um, you, words of blessing and words of affirmation from a God who loves us so much, and we said, nah, I'm good, and you know, <laughs> put this upon ourselves.
1: Yeah, in the story, as soon as Adam and Eve transgress the limit, as soon as they try to be like God, the immediate consequence is they realize their nakedness. They had never before been afraid of their own bodies or afraid of showing themselves to one another into the world. But here, as soon as they try to be like God, as soon as they no longer receive God's voice of affirmation over themselves, they see themselves and they reject themselves. They are afraid and ashamed. Adam says, I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He hides himself from God, his, the one who made him. That's, I think, such a sad picture to me. Imagining someone who has made, I don't know, like a piece of art or something that's beautiful, and, and that the maker sees it as good, but then the artwork <laughs> <this> examples are really... <laughs> not so strong, but anyways, the artwork artwork
0: becomes (laughs) alive. Exactly. It
1: comes to life and then no, it it hides from its own maker. I think that shows the depths of Adam's shame and his, his fear of his own
0: inadequacy. And again, what we want to keep hammering is that Adam and Eve do this because they think it's for their good. They think, oh wait, God, you said this, but I, I found a better way. I found a way, you know, where, where I'm more in control, and and I get to determine what is right. And this is what we do with food and with our bodies. And Megan, you talk about this so well, um, often in your counseling sessions and and advice you you give to people who are struggling with this. We think we are taking control of our lives. We think uh, we we think now. Okay, now I'm going to take control of my diet, and I'm going to find this freedom that that I so long for. And yet the exact opposite thing happens again and again and again. The thing we long for the most, which is whether it's control or or feeling good enough about ourselves. Yeah, that that self-approval, that self-worth becomes the one thing that is completely elusive. And the reason for that is because we're not receiving that from the place we're supposed to receive it from. God gave this to us as a gift. We don't have to fight for this. In God's created world, we just receive. We don't have to earn this. We don't have to fight for this. And yet, we've chosen to reject this. And this is this is how the fall works. We've rejected this love and delight that God has spoken over us and instead set ourselves up to endlessly strive for things we can never quite reach.
1: Yeah, I think when we don't receive what God has offered us, when we don't trust God's vision of Creation as good. We feel this need to earn our goodness, to earn our worth. We say, I'll only be good if I lose 10 pounds, or I'll only be good if I have the perfectly toned body. But the deep irony is that we think that as soon as we achieve those things, that's when life will begin, that's when we'll matter, that's when everyone will love us. And instead, what ends up happening is we're usually never satisfied. We think we'll finally feel secure, but because we're defining ourselves by something that's arbitrary and doesn't last, we still don't feel that way. We lose five pounds and we still, either now we say in fear, oh my gosh, I need to maintain this or actually I need a little bit more to matter. But in both scenarios, we're still not enough and we're still only good because of a number instead of because God has said so.
0: Yeah, I, I think at this point I want to bring in a song lyric from a band called 10th Avenue North that you uh, CCM, Christian Contemporary Music fans, are, are well aware of. Um, and, and they have this wonderful line in a song that, that's so simple, but I think describes our plight so well. And they say, we're fighting for what we already have received. We we do these things like you're talking about, Megan. We we do the diet. We control the food. We look in the mirror with endless dissatisfaction. And what we're searching for is acceptance. We're We're, we're searching... For this place where we can be naked and unashamed, and yet we never actually find it. We fight and fight and fight. In extreme cases, we orient our lives around this. You know, we, we never stop thinking about food or, or, I mean, maybe it's not always that extreme, but we find no joy in food. We're trying to be this certain way but we've already received everything we're looking for if we would just kind of take a step back and and recognize what we're doing and and recognize the words of affirmation that God speaks over us. But again, this is what the fall leads us to do so often. We stop seeing clearly. We we reject the good, good life um, that God has tried to give us, and instead we pursue things according to our own devices.
1: I think if we are to receive the vision God has for us, the vision where all bodies are good because they are made by God, we will get to taste the life and freedom that comes when we live into God's vision. Because as creator, God created the world as it was intended to be. I thought when I was pursuing thinness and being really controlled over my eating that Once I reached a certain goal, that's when life would begin. That's when I would get all the things that I was hoping for. But instead, all I found was this unending, miserable pursuit that just led to death, to anxiety, to shame, to fear. And then once I started living into God's vision of food in the body, I truly did find freedom. It's so awesome now just living with joy when I eat or not not rejecting my body or, or looking at it as not enough. And I really hope this for you guys too. There's this beautiful line from an Episcopal prayer that says, His service is perfect freedom. I want to alter that a little bit and say, God's vision is perfect freedom. Live into that, Creature Life listeners.
0: Oh now Megan like
1: <laughs> a big come on, get
0: come on, uh anyway no that 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 is such good stuff and and the further good news is that God doesn't leave us alone to do this we're this is this we're officially in previewing next episode, uh to be clear, but yeah ne- next time we'll talk about the fact that Jesus comes even when we turn away from God, God doesn't say all right see ya, Uh, you know, figure it out on your own. God comes to us. God helps us live into this vision that God has given us.
1: Right. Even when Adam, like Adam and Eve, we don't embrace ourselves. We feel like we need to cover ourselves up. We hide from God. God doesn't hide from us. God continues to pursue us even as we pursue things that aren't him.
0: Megan, don't give away too much of the content for next time. Gotta keep the listeners around now. We're looking forward to seeing seeing you guys next time and hopefully we'll add a few more random cities around the U.S. and maybe even around the world. Thanks so much, guys.